You're listening to an audio sermon by Pastor Bernard Milder from Household of Christ. We trust that you will be encouraged and blessed as you listen to the Word of God. Hallelujah. Please stand to your feet. Let's do the declaration. If you're visiting for the first time, just declare the Word of God with us. We've been doing it since 2006. We declare the Word of God before we minister the Word of God. Amen. Are you ready? One, two, three. I'm a son of God revealed. I'm blessed with every blessing in Christ Jesus. I'm saved. I'm healed. I'm delivered. I'm a life-giving spirit. I accept his sacrifice on the cross and his resurrection power in my life. I'm bound to his word and can do what it says I can do. I receive the word with meekness and I'm changed from glory to glory. I have the God kind of faith. I'm the righteousness of God and will never be the same. Jesus Christ is my Lord. Amen. As you take your seat, turn to the person next to you, look them in the eyes and say, your smile looks better than the last time I saw you. Tell them, keep on smiling. I know you have a lot of things to be happy about. Amen. I want to minister a message today beyond your blessing. Beyond your blessing. As a Christian, do you take time to examine your heart? Do you see what's going on in your heart? Because Christianity is all about the purity of our hearts. And that purity must be kept. So we have to take time to examine our heart to see what's going on. Maybe if you... Test yourself, is what Corinthians says, test yourself to see whether you're in faith. Maybe you'll be shocked to see what's going on in your heart. Maybe you would not like what's going on in your heart. The question you have to ask yourself, if you see what's going on in your heart, are you prepared to change? Because if we don't receive the word of God with meekness into our hearts, cannot save your soul. You have to receive the word of God with meekness into your heart, then your soul can be saved. Do you ask yourself the right questions? You know, sometimes you can ask questions that you can move around the issue that you really have to address. Can I ask you a question? Why are you at church this morning? Have you come to church because you want to be healed? Is that a reason to come to church because I want healing? Do you need deliverance? Is that the reason why you've come to church for deliverance? Do you need a breakthrough? Is that the reason why you've come to church is for a breakthrough? What is the reason why you come to church? Now everybody's very quiet. If you base your relationship with Jesus Christ on what you need, your focus will be on the gifts the whole time instead of the giver. Do you come to church for the giver, Christ himself, or do you come to get something? When you walk in, it looks the same. But what's going on in your heart? 
if your relationship with God is based on what you need, you'll be running after men of God from the north to the south because all you want is the blessing. And many times, even the solution that will come is not a permanent solution because your relationship is based upon what you can get, the gifts, the blessing that you want, instead of seeking the giver of the blessing. The Bible says the word of God has the ability to discern the intents and the thoughts of our hearts. You need the giver of the blessing to maintain the blessing. So if you're just running after blessings, when you get the blessing, how will you maintain the blessing? Can I talk to Christians here today? Because sometimes we know we need God, but we don't even know and realize how much we need God. The Bible teaches us in 1 Corinthians 12 that you need the Holy Spirit to be able to say, Jesus Christ is Lord. Think about that. Now, many people saying Jesus is Lord, but the Bible says you need the help of the Holy Spirit to be able to say Jesus Christ is Lord. What does that mean? It means you have to say it in humility and sincerity of heart depending upon the help of the Holy Spirit. Romans 10, let me just explain this because this is sometimes a thing that people don't understand. Many people will say Jesus is Lord. Many will say Jesus is Lord. Romans 10 verse 9 to 10, the Amplified. Because if you acknowledge and confess with your lips that Jesus is Lord and in your heart believe, adhere to trust in and rely on the truth that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Verse 10. For with the heart a person believes, adheres to and trusts and relies on Christ, and so is justified, declared righteous, acceptable to God, and with the mouth he confesses unto salvation. The first work of the Holy Spirit is to regenerate your own spirit. It's the first work of the Holy Spirit. So when you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, confessing salvation, Jesus is Lord, you need your heart's full agreement to be able to make that confession. Because with our mouths we confess unto salvation. I serve Jesus, I love Jesus, I'm a Christian. We confess it. But the Bible says with our hearts we believe unto righteousness. So righteousness is not for those who confess it, but those who believe it. And your heart cannot be made righteous unless the Holy Spirit affects your heart. He who knew no sin became sin so that you can become the righteousness of Christ Jesus. So when you come in humility and sincerity and you accept him as Lord, confessing him with your mouth, believing it in your heart, the Holy Spirit will affect your heart. And now what you are confessing with your mouth will have your heart's full agreement. You need the Holy Spirit to do that. You need the Holy Spirit to be born again. Do you understand what I'm saying? We know we need God, but we don't know and realize how much we need Him. Without the help of the Holy Spirit, your blessing will not be able to stand the test of time. 
Without the help of the Holy Spirit, your blessing will not be able to stand the test of time. That's why David prayed, do not let your spirit depart from me because he knew he was not a giant slayer. He knew if he had to face another giant, it would be over because he was not a giant slayer. He had a friend in the Holy Spirit who disposed of giants in his life. Nobody wants a temporary blessing. But if the Holy Spirit is not in your life helping you, you'll not be able to maintain it. So when we look at our hearts, what's really going on here? We spend so much time on ourselves to educate ourselves. Parents sacrificing your children to be in school, your children to go and study, to give them a better opportunity in life to live successfully. Amen? But how much time do you spend on teaching your children concerning the life you're after? How much time do you spend on teaching them about the things of God, the presence of God? Can I ask you a question? If you had received your breakthrough, your healing, your deliverance, whatever you are trusting God for, the blessing that you are looking, if you had received that last Sunday, would you be in church this Sunday? Don't answer. <laughs> if you got that big contract last Sunday, would you be in church this Sunday? Whatever you seek from God should bring you closer to God, not take you away from God. Whatever you seek from God should bring you closer to God, not take you away from God. Many say, once I become a manager, then I'll be able to get more committed at church. Let me tell you, you're not going to. Because once you're a manager, you're going to be more busy. And they will require more of you. Then you'll say, okay, no, once I become the general manager, I'll have more time because then I can tell people that, no. Your heart is taking you in a direction. Turn with me in your Bibles to Luke chapter 17, verse 11. Are you ready? Can I ask the question, why do you want God to bless you? Because if God blesses you and the blessing takes you away from God, is that blessing really a blessing? So why do you want God to bless you? Luke 17 verse 11. Now it happened as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. Then as he entered a certain village, there met him ten men who were lepers, who stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. All of them shouted and called upon the name of Jesus. So when he saw them, he said to them, go show yourself to the priest. And so it was that as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face and his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. So Jesus answered and said, were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? Were there not 
any found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, Arise, go your way, your faith has made you well. The one translation says, Your faith has put you together. The Amplified says, Your faith has restored you. One translation says, Your faith has made you whole. Ten received healing, one was restored. Ten received healing, one was restored. One could see beyond the blessing. He received healing and salvation. Turn to the person next to you, say to them, look beyond your blessing. Ten raised their voices and said, son of David, have mercy, touch me. All ten wanted a touch from heaven. Only one was prepared to allow heaven into his heart. Ten wanted a touch from heaven. Only one wanted heaven in his heart who came and glorified Jesus. Turn to the person next to you and say, look beyond your blessing. Family, listen to me. Christianity is not the art of seeing how close you can live to sin without sinning. But it's living for righteousness. Matthew 6, go read it. 6 verse 33, one of the scriptures we quote the most. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added. When you read the previous verses, Jesus are clearly telling his disciples, I'm aware of the fact that you need all these things. That you need money for clothes, for a car, for a home, for a house. He says, I know you need all of these things. The people in the world need it. Christians need it. But I'm telling you, here is the secret. Seek first the kingdom of God. Seek first the kingdom of God. What is your heart seeking? Ask yourself, what is my heart seeking? The blessing or the giver of the blessing? Psalm 27. Psalm 27, verse 8. Lord, when you said, seek my face, my heart said, your face I will seek. Take some time and just go meditate. When you hear those words, seek my face, is your heart responding and saying, Lord, your face I will seek, your presence I will seek. We want to teach our children how to behave before dignitaries. We want them to be successful. But how much time have we taken to teach them to meet with Jesus face to face, the one who created all the dignitaries? Teach your children to love the Father, to love Jesus, to love the Holy Spirit. Not just a Sunday thing, but during the week, every day. Are you ready for this message? Can we ask the crucial question? We are here in church as Christians, but what is there that can take my heart away from God? What is there that can take me away from God? Because we want to finish strong. 
turn to the person next to you say, I want to finish strong. There's so many things going on and I am having so many conversations with people about things. Is this real? Is this fake? Is this... Do you have those kind of conversations? And one of the things I just want to say to you, just the fact that you can buy a fake Rolex just confirms that the real is out there as well. And we just have to go look for the real, amen? So it's easy to say this is fake, this is fake, this is fake. Forget about that. Anybody can criticize. Let's look for that which is real. Amen? So the righteous has got desires in his heart and the wicked has got desires in his heart. And we have to look out and see what are the desires of the righteous. What is it that the righteous desires? And what is it that the wicked desire? If, if I have some of those things, I say, okay, God, let me just see what's going on here in my heart. Because Jeremiah says, the heart is desperately wicked and deceitful above all things. Have you sometimes tried to do the right thing and ended up doing the wrong thing and you were shocked? Just raise your hand. Don't even double blink at me. Has that happened to you? Where you've honestly gone in and think, I'm doing the right thing here and found out this heart deceived me. That's why you have to allow the word of God to discern the intents and the thoughts of your heart. Look here what the Bible says, Psalm 10, verse 3. I'm busy reading Psalms, so God is busy with me with Psalms. Amen. But Psalm 10, verse 3. For the wicked boasts of his heart's desires. He's actually saying, what I want I'll get. And I don't care how I get it. He boasts of his heart's desire. He blesses the greedy and renounces the Lord. I did it. It's me. And he's only prepared to help those that can help him back. If somebody is greedy, I'll give something to him because I know he'll give something back to me. But the righteous can help the poor. The righteous can give to those who can give nothing back to him. Because he knows when he is giving, he is giving us unto the Lord. Amen? The wicked is proud. In his proud countenance does not see God. God is in none of his thoughts. So when you're not even considering God or taking God into account, it should be a red light in your life. Amen? Consider God. The fact that you are here, I know I'm speaking to the converted. Amen? <laughs> the fact that you are here, you are looking for God's counsel. But I'm just saying that be careful that you take counsel from God in everything. Make God's word the standard for your life. In Psalm 1, I've been reading a lot of Psalms. In Psalm 1, God was so busy with me in Psalms this, this past week. But in Psalm 1, it says, Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly or the wicked. He says, blessed is the man. So we are blessed if we don't take counsel from the wicked. Nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of the scornful. I want you to just to see this. Nobody just starts doing stupid, wicked, evil things. You first walk in it. So you're just moving around. Then you start standing. And then you go sit and make yourself comfortable. So sometimes you're just walking. 
taking this counsel from the wicked, taking instruction which is not in righteousness. Be careful because the next thing is you will start to stand in the path of sinners. As a Christian, you also first walk with God before you can stand with God, before you will be seated and really experience that authority which is in Christ Jesus. That's why it's important to walk with God. Amen? What do they boast about? The wicked. Money. Money, the greed that is there. Turn to the person next to you and say, money is good. But the love of money is very bad. So I want to touch on this issue. Because everybody needs money. We need resources so that we can live. Money is good. But the love of money is bad. Because when you love money more than God... Remember, Jesus taught himself and he said, you cannot have two masters. He says, you're either going to serve money, be loyal to the money, or be loyal to God. You'll either be prepared to work out everything which is not of God, or if the money starts to direct you, you will start to include any and everything that's got the nature of money. You'll be prepared to let go of anything to have that money. That's why it's so dangerous. Can we go to the book of 1 Timothy 6? Turn to the person next to you and say, look beyond your blessing. Turn to the person on the other side and say, look beyond your blessing. And I'm going to show you here. I can go to so many scriptures. We all said, look beyond the blessing. Look beyond the money. The man at the gate, beautiful. Silver and gold I do not have. Put that aside. I'm giving you a lasting solution. Jesus Christ. The woman with the perfume that came and anointed Jesus' feet was doing it for the salvation of many people's souls, but her own soul as well. But let's go New Testament, 1 Timothy 6, 9. If you pursue money, I can see from Scripture there's 10 things that it will do to you, that is harmful to you, painful to you. But those who desire, desire of your heart, those that desire to be rich fall into temptation. Number one, it can tempt you. Because money can take you to many places, many temptations. And a snare, a trap. And into many foolish lusts, foolish and harmful lusts which drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money. Can you see money is not evil? It's the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. It's funny that it says the root of all kinds of evil. Do you know what that means? A root grows. A root grows. So when it starts out maybe as an ordinary thing, just desiring that, but that can grow into various things. 
for which some have strayed from the faith. Money can cost you your salvation. Is any soul worth any amount of money? 10 million rand or 10 million dollars. Is it worth your soul? Anybody's soul? In their greediness and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. When you look at verse 17, command those who are rich in this present age not to be haughty. Money can make you haughty and arrogant. Nor to trust in uncertain riches. When your faith is in the blessing, in money, this is why COVID shook so many Christians' faith. Because their faith was in their money, in their blessing. And when the business was closed or the salary was reduced, their faith was reduced because their faith was in the money. Am I talking to the right people? And people's faith was shaken and said, God, where are you? And God was there. The giver of the blessing was there. But your trust was in the blessing and not the giver of the blessing. And that's why your faith was shaken. But when your faith is in the giver of the blessing, Jesus Christ, who's the same yesterday, today, and forever, even when you go through a crisis, though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you'll fear no evil because your faith is in him. So money is a good thing, but the love of money is bad. Can I tell you something about money? Money takes on the nature of the person who has it. Money takes on the nature of the person who has it. So if you love God more than anything, remember that's what God asked Peter, do you love me more than any of these things? He says, now you can look after my people. Money takes on the nature of the person. If you love money and you start to worship money, your nature will become that of money. You become like the thing that you worship. You become like the thing that you place the most value upon. Say, Aina, or Amen. So we are called to worship God. So if we worship God, then we become more like God. But if our trust is in money, your nature will become like money. How's money? Money is cold. It's hard. Very clinical. Proverbs 18.23 says, the rich answer roughly. People with money, they answer roughly. I hope I'm stepping on some toes. Proverbs 19.1 says, the rich have perverse speech. They speak ugly. And they put their trust in their self-confidence. But the Bible says it's foolish. Paul is writing to Timothy here, a young man of God. Now remember, let me just put it in perspective. The disciples are preaching the gospel, the good news. They saw Jesus went about doing good, helping people, blessing people. 
So they're starting to see the blessing of the Lord Jesus Christ. Timothy obviously is experiencing the same blessings here in his ministry. God doing unusual things. And Paul says, I want to warn you, be careful. The love of money can cost you your salvation. Let's go on and read. Verse 11. He says, but you, O man of God. But you, O man of God. Flee these things and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, and gentleness. He says, when the blessing comes, still remain gentle. When the blessing comes, still love. When the blessing comes, still have faith in God. When the blessing comes, still be righteous. Don't become self-righteous. Turn to the person next to you and say, this book is written for Christians. So sometimes we read this and we think, oh, this is probably people in the world that he's talking to. No, he's talking to Christians. He's warning Christians about money. God wants to bless you. God wants your cup to overflow. That's what he wants. But he wants you to keep your focus on the giver of the blessing and not the blessing. It says, fight the good fight. Can I tell you something? A good fight is only a good fight if you win. Otherwise, it's not a good fight. <laughs> it says, fight the good fight of faith and lay hold of eternal life. What is he saying? He's saying beyond the blessing, this good fight of faith that you're fighting, there's a life hereafter. There's eternal life hereafter. Don't let all of these things cost you your salvation. Am I talking to the right people here today? I know you're blessed. If you can be in church today, it means you had a way to, to get here. Amen? You're blessed. God is not against you being blessed. He wants you to be blessed. He wants you to have abundance. His measure is my cup runs over. That's how he wants to bless you. But he wants you to put your trust in God. Amen? Turn to the person next to you and say, fight the good fight. Tell them again, say, fight the good fight. Amen? When your trust is in the blessing, the blessing will direct your direction. Don't let the blessing be the one that's directing you. Sons of God, daughters of God, we are led by the Holy Spirit. When your trust is in the blessing, you are bound to get to a place where you'll rebel against God. Because your trust will be in the blessing, putting your faith in that blessing. When that blessing is not there, then you start to question God. Am I talking to the right people? Be very careful when the blessing starts to dictate where you should be. When the blessings start to dictate your direction. Because then you are not led by the Holy Spirit. You are led by the blessing. And that blessing can take you anywhere. You'll get to a place where there, no sacrifice is too much to get that blessing. And you'll do anything to get it. 
The Bible teaches us in the book of Proverbs, the blessing of the Lord makes one rich and adds no sorrow to it. The blessing of the Lord makes one rich and adds no sorrow to it. Many people have obtained blessings with many sorrows. When I was a pastor in Bloemfontein, there's one young guy gave his heart to the Lord. Very successful, very ambitious. He gave his heart to the Lord. And I had a lot of conversations with him. He was going to be one of the youngest directors in his company. And the guy that was mentoring him, he shared with me, he said, the guy said, he said, I sat with this guy one day and the guy said, he said, if I have to make a decision between my career, between my destiny, between finances, the money that I will earn in the future, and my wife, if I have to make a decision within two minutes, I'm choosing my career, I'm choosing my finances, I'm choosing the money, and I'm letting my wife go. I said, you, you go? Oh. But many people are prepared to do that. When money is your everything, you'll go, let go of family members. Sacrifice siblings, mothers, fathers, your spouse. Because the attitude is, I can get another one that will love money like me. And we can be happy. You look shocked. This is what money can make you do. <laughs> if that wife stands in your way, where you want to go because of money, you'll put her aside. Husband aside, children aside, family aside. It says, fight the good fight of faith. Fight the good fight of faith. As you get older, as you get older, your needs become more. When I worked, when my children were six months old and 18 months old, I sat with a friend at work and I said, wow, I have to buy nappies again. Do you know what nappies cost? Am I talking to the right people here? <laughs> I said, do you know what nappies cost? His kids were older. He said to me, hold that thought. Let me just help you quickly. He said, small children, small expenses, big children, big expenses. Just wait until you're older. <laughs> and I said, okay, I've learned the lesson. Amen. Yes, it's nappies there. When they get older, they want a motorbike or they want a guitar or you have to pay for their studies or now suddenly they can read and they want designer clothes. <laughs> and it's not even... I must have it. Do you need it? I must have it. Is this a need, a desire, or what? And you need discernment when you have to buy clothes. Amen? Can you see how money can pull you in different directions? In who do you put your trust, your faith? In the giver or in the gift? When your Faith is in the giver of the blessing. You'll be able to maintain the blessing. Our trust must be in the giver. So, let me close. What is the solution? What is the solution? 
Turn to the person next to you and say, what is the solution? Do you know why you're asking that? Because you know you have a lot of needs. <laughs> you have a lot of things that you want to do for God. You have got needs and you want to do things for the kingdom. You've got children that you want to help. You've got people you want to help. So what is the solution? The question I have to ask you is, are you looking for a temporary solution or are you looking for a permanent solution? Are you looking for a temporary solution or are you looking for a permanent solution? You're looking for a permanent solution. So if you're looking for a permanent solution, you have to look beyond your blessing. Turn to the person next to you and say, look beyond your blessing. You will only be able to maintain your blessing today if you can look beyond your blessing. If you just want the blessing now, you'll not look even where the blessing is coming from. What is the reason? What is the reason? Why should we look beyond the blessing? What is beyond the blessing? If you are looking for healing and now you've received that blessing, is that the end? If you're looking for a breakthrough and now you've received the breakthrough, is that the end? If you are trusting God for a child and you fall pregnant, is that now the end? If you're looking for deliverance, and you've received your deliverance, you are set free. Is that now the end? Or is that blessing a means to an end? You need a revelation. You need understanding. What does this mean? Because if you're just looking for a blessing, you'll think the blessing is the end. If I can just have this contract, if I can just find a spouse, if we can just have a child, if I can just be healed, you'll think it's the end. But it's not the end. It's a means to an end. You have to be able to look beyond that blessing to understand the purpose of the blessing. Number one, that blessing that comes from God, once you've received it because you've asked it of God, should draw you closer to God. Jesus were blessing people. Jesus were blessing people and they were being a blessing. Their cup started overflowing. The disciples experienced all of this. Abundance, breakthrough, healing, deliverance. And now suddenly, Jesus has a teaching with his disciples. Turn with me in your Bibles to Mark chapter 10. And you can almost feel the frustration of these disciples. Mark chapter 10. Are you there? Verse 20. Let's read from verse 23. Then Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, How hard is it for those who have riches to enter the kingdom of God? And the disciples were astonished at his words. They saying, What are you saying? What are you talking about? We're listening to your teachings. We are being blessed. And what are you saying now? That it's hard for us to enter into the kingdom of God? And the disciples were astonished at his words. But Jesus answered again and said to them, Children, how hard it is for those who trust in riches to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man 
to enter the kingdom of God. Verse 26, and they were greatly astonished. Now they've gone from astonished to being greatly astonished. If you're saying this, you're blessing us, our cups are running over, and now you're telling us because we are blessed, we cannot enter the kingdom of God, who's going to get saved? Am I talking to the right people here? But Jesus looked at them and said, with men it's impossible, but not with God, for with God all things are possible. Wow. The end of your blessing should be the salvation of your soul. God blesses you so that you can serve him better. When God heals you from the lung cancer, it's so that you could use that gift now and go and preach the word of God. It's not now to start to smoke 20 or 40 cigarettes again. Am I talking to the right people here? When God heals you, it's for the salvation of your soul so that you can serve him better. The leper that was healed understood this. He looked beyond his blessing. He knew he needed the Holy Spirit to maintain his blessing. And he went to Jesus and he gave glory to God. Can you look beyond your blessing? Peter realized what God was saying. And he responded, look at this. He said, verse 28, Then Peter began to say to him, See, we've left all and followed you. He said, we've given it all up. I'm just going to give it to you, Lord. We're giving it all up. And Jesus said to him, Jesus answered and said, Assuredly, I say to you, there's no one who has left a house or brother or sisters or father or mother or a wife or children or lands for my sake and the gospels who shall not receive a hundredfold now in this time, houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and lands with persecutions and in the age to come eternal life. But many who are first will be last and the last first. Jesus is saying to him, you know what, whatever sacrifice you make, a hundredfold in this lifetime. If you do it for the kingdom of God, it's a hundredfold in this lifetime, whatever you've given up. Because God cannot mock, whatever man sows, he will reap. Whatever man sows, that he will reap. He says, Peter, I can see your heart, you're putting me first, you're prepared to give everything up. But I'm telling you, even if you do that, I'm going to do a hundredfold more than whatever you've given. Look beyond your blessing. Turn to the person next to you and say, look beyond your blessing. You have to look beyond your healing, look beyond your deliverance, look beyond whatever you are looking for. Can I tell you something? Whatever you are looking for, whether it's healing, deliverance, or breakthrough, Jesus died for all those things on the cross. So when people are looking for healing, deliverance, breakthrough, you know what they're actually looking for? They're looking for Jesus. They're looking for Jesus, the giver of all those things. And if you want to maintain those things, you have to maintain your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. So the healing is not the end. The breakthrough is not the end. The child is not the end. The end is a lasting relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. When you get to that place, your focus will be on the shepherd that you know that will provide all things. And David said in Psalm 23, he says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He's not looking on the things that he 
needs, the wants. He's focusing upon the shepherd that's looking after him. Let's look beyond the blessing to the one who's blessing us and maintain that relationship. If we want to maintain our healing, our deliverance, our breakthrough, many people have received it, but they've lost it because they never maintained that relationship. Those 10 lepers, who do you think was the person that maintained his healing? It's the one who came back and maintained his relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, the one that received salvation, and he knew how to maintain it by maintaining his relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Beyond your healing, beyond your deliverance, when you look beyond that, you'll see Jesus is there, and he wants to be in a relationship with you. Selah. Precious Father, we thank you, Lord, for your goodness and your mercy, your tremendous grace that you have towards us. Thank you, Lord, that we can look beyond the blessing today and see you, the one who gives the blessing, the healing, the deliverance, the breakthrough, O oh Lord. And we are so grateful, O oh Lord. Help us, O oh Lord, to keep our focus on you, to love you more than money, to love you more than the blessings, O oh Lord. And we thank you for that. We bless you for that. And everybody said. Amen. Hallelujah. Please stand to your feet. Now it's time to pray a few prayers. Amen. Turn to the person next to you and say, you have to take action. Turn to the person on the other side and say, you have to take action. Let me hear you pray. Say, precious Father, open my eyes to see beyond the blessing I seek. Pray it again. Say, Lord, open my eyes to see beyond the blessing I seek. To see beyond the blessing that I seek. Open my eyes to see beyond the blessing that I see. Grant unto my soul the spirit of a faithful servant. Pray it again. Say, grant unto my soul the spirit of a faithful servant. Say, right now, Lord, I pull down, I challenge the forces of intolerance, unfaithfulness in my life. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. Open my heart to faith. Pray it again. Say, open my heart to faith. Open my heart to faith. In your holy name I pray. I'm ready to obey your words. I'm ready to obey your words. I'm ready to obey your words. In Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. Pray right now. Say, Father... In the mighty name of Jesus, I command the closed doors of mercy to open. I command the closed doors of mercy to open. I command the closed doors of mercy to open in Jesus' mighty name. Pray it again. Say, I command the closed doors of mercy to open in Jesus' mighty name. I command the closed doors of breakthrough to open in Jesus' name. Command the closed doors of breakthrough to open in Jesus' mighty name. Father, I command the closed doors of favor to open in Jesus' name. Command the closed doors of favor to open in Jesus' mighty name. Say, Son of David, have mercy on me. Son of David, have mercy on me. Let your mercy speak for me. Let your mercy speak for me. I continue to receive divine favor. I continue to receive divine favor in my business, in my career, in my family, 
in my marital life. I receive divine favor for myself, for my career, for my business, for my family, for my spouse, for my children, in Jesus' mighty name. Say, oh Lord, increase my capacity to believe. Increase my capacity to believe in Jesus' mighty name. I declare right now, I'm saved to save others. I'm saved to save others. I'm blessed to be a blessing. I'm blessed to be a blessing. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And everybody said? Amen, amen and amen. Give the Lord a hand. Amen. Put your right hand on your heart. Raise your other hand to heaven and pray this prayer loud after me. Say, Precious Father, my situation is beyond human means. Need the Savior of the world to save me. Save me, Lord Jesus. Wash me with your blood. Cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I confess with my mouth and I believe with all my heart that Jesus Christ died for me, that he's alive right now, making intercession for all my weaknesses. Oh, Holy Spirit, help me to live a holy life, well-pleasing in your sight. I am now child of the Most High God. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Everybody said? Amen. Hallelujah. Well, if you've prayed that prayer in humility and sincerity of heart, your sins are forgiven. Your past is over. Don't talk about your past anymore. Turn to the person next to you and say, don't talk about your past. Say, it's over. It's over. You know, God does not consult our past in determining our future. So don't talk about your past. Your past is Egypt. It's a place of defeat and failure. God took Israel out of Egypt to the promised land. Amen. So the first thing that you have to do is connect to a team. Amen. Get involved in a church, a living church. Get submitted and committed. If you've prayed this prayer here, I have a responsibility to disciple you, to walk with you. If you're from far, go find a living church. Amen. Get involved and serve there. But if you're from around here, we want to take responsibility and walk with you. So number one, discover the team. Number two, discover your gifts, your dream. The dream that God has placed on the inside. The gift that you have to use to advance the kingdom of God. And lastly, serve in a dream team. Become part. Use those gifts to advance the kingdom of God. Amen. Has your faith been lifted? Has your faith been lifted? Have you purposed in your heart to love the giver more than the gifts? Amen. To keep your focus upon Jesus when this prompting comes to seek his face, that your heart will say, your face, Lord, I will seek and go seek his face and just spend time. Amen. And forget about all these things of the world. Amen. Thank you for listening to this audio sermon. For more information, please go to our website, www.hoc.org.za. Household of Christ, loving God, loving people.